so much as a contingency plan. That's right, baby. Can you make a little baby dance? I think I could. I really think I could. So lend your hearts, ears, money in your hands to the bank. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of At Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I am your host, At Fat Mike Chicago, and we got a couple things to get into today. We're going to be talking about the Blackhawks and how their chances are over for postseason play after this Canada trip and after this game against the Rangers. We're going to be talking about Chris Bryant and him becoming a leadoff man in, in, uh, in David Ross's eyes. We have an interview today with my local ticket gurus, my local ticket geniuses, with my with a good friend of mine and a, a very a very close person of mine, Tony Stadnicka. You guys will be hearing from him from time to time. He is a new sponsor of our show, and his his ticket place called Studs Stubs. They are the best around, and that's where I go to get all my tickets from here in Chicago. All my Cubs, Sox, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. He's the guy I go to, never had a bad experience, never been overcharged. But I also want to kind of dip into this Rob Manfred thing here a second. And boy, oh boy, what a joke this fucking guy is. And again, I know we talked last last episode about the Houston Astros scandal and what's going on with that, the, the banging of the drum, the banging of the trash can, and the buzzers, and this, that, and the other thing. We kind of got into a lot. And... You know, we also talked about Lance Armstrong's testicles and, you know, if it was bigger than, if, if knowing the pitch was bigger than taking steroids or yada, yada, yada. But now I'm on to the fact of, that Rob Manfred is just a fucking moron. And this guy, he is what I like to call, and I don't, I don't take this for myself. I got this saying from um, a couple of buddies, a couple of guys of mine named James Petrogallo. And Jimmy Wisman, they use this term all the time in their show called Crime and Sports. And um, if you guys haven't listened to that, go on Spotify, go on Apple iTunes and listen to that because it's absolutely amazing. Um, again, it's called Crime and Sports. But they use this term all the time. They don't use it loosely. But they use uh, a term called silver-haired middle-aged white man. And that's exactly what Rob Manfred is. He's only out for himself to the protect himself, not this Astros team, not this anything else, but he sure is doing a hell of a good job of protecting this team. And it's it's ridiculous. And what I want to say about this is that he, he had, earlier this week he had a, not his first but second interview in which he called the World Series trophy a piece of metal. And his exact quote was, <clears throat> he was explaining why he thought stripping the Astros of their 2017 World Series title, a futile act, okay? But here's his full quote. He says, The idea of an asterisk or asking for a piece of metal back seems like a futile act. People will always know something was being was different about the 2017 season, and whether we made that decision right or wrong, we undertook a thorough investigation and had an intestinal fortitude to share the results of the investigation, even when those results were not very pretty. So what I take from that quote, okay, what I take from this, is that he's calling the highest achievement award in Major League Baseball, non 
singular, meaning not for one specific person. It's not an MVP award. Everybody knows that baseball is a team game. You can't win a World Series with one guy. Okay? It's a team effort. But the most... He, what he essentially what he's calling this is just a piece of metal, okay? He's calling he's calling the World Series trophy a piece of junk. That's the way I look at it. Just a piece of metal for a piece of metal seems to be a futile act. That's a, in my eyes. And now I'm not a military guy, so I hope I don't catch any backlash on this, guys. I so I I really appreciate everything that you guys do for this country. But in my eyes, that's like calling the Purple Heart just a piece of metal. It's the highest achievement you as a team can actually get as a team. Okay? And you're calling it a piece of metal. The Star of Valor, just a piece of metal? It, 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 that's the way I look at it. It's like these guys are out there busting their ass every single day for one outcome. And the outcome of that being is to win a world championship. Can you imagine if somebody were to call an Olympic gold medal just a piece of metal, how bad that would look for the Olympic organization? Can you imagine if somebody called the Lombardi Trophy just a piece of metal? And this guy, he just keeps on eating crow every step of the turn he takes. And in my eyes, it's almost to the point where it's like, step over, Gary Bettman. Alright, there's a new dipshit commissioner in town, and his name is fucking Rob Manfred. I mean, at this point, I just want to drop kick this man right in the fucking teeth. Just to shut him up. To wire his mouth shut, to where he doesn't say anything fucking stupid again. This guy has diarrhea of the tongue, and it seems to be spewing out all over Major League Baseball. Not only did he not suspend players, and I understand why he couldn't. Okay, I get why he couldn't. That it would be up against the, the 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 board and everything like that, and the <coughs> the MLB players union. I get that the players union would fight that tooth and nail. I understand, but you in your mind, you in your position, being the commissioner of baseball, had the opportunity to make sure that this never happens again with the punishment that you dished out. You could have taken away the picks like you did. You could have fired the GM and you could have fired the, the head coach like Jim Crane did, the owner of the Houston Astros. But you could have also, if you want to ensure that this never happens again, take away that World Series winning bonus of those guys got a $495,000 or whatever it was. Make sure every penny of that was brought back. Suspend Rule 5 drafts. That's a big thing, too. You have no idea how many teams get good players that end up helping World Series runs and playoff runs just out of the Rule 5 draft. And you could have definitely said, no matter how many games you win this year and next year, your playoff chances are none. Suspend postseason play for two years for this team. If you would have done that, you would have set precedence of, listen, you're not going to fuck around in this league and be a cheater. If you do, this is this is the result. Your horseshit action gained this result. Now you deal with it for the next two years. You took away the picks. In my eyes, you could have taken away the picks. 
taking away the Rule 5, taking away the World Series money, and then also taking away the postseason play for two years, that organization, that's fit for a standard. That's fit for a standard. Especially if you have guys out there like in other sports, like the NCAA, like them stripping Reggie Bush of their trophy and the USC Trojans of their national title. Okay? Or if you had... You had again going back on it. You stripped Lance Armstrong of his gold, uh, of his Tour of France medals. Okay, you've stripped, you've they've stripped Olympic athletes of their golds for testing positive for steroids. And the MLB banned lifetime ban of Hall of Fame players and Olcott and Buck Weaver and Shoeless Joel Jackson. Lifetime bans of them for throwing a World Series, for purposely losing a World Series. And it just, it seems to me that the, the, the punishment that was dished out for winning a World Series is significantly less than the punishment of purposely losing a World Series. This guy, I mean, he, he's just an idiot. I... He took questions for for about thirty minutes, and it's it's ridiculous. And there there's been a, an outcry of a bunch of people just being like, "This guy's a fucking idiot." Justin Turner, you got Justin Turner, Mike Trout, Chris Bryant, guys all over Major League Baseball, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, you guys, there's players all over baseball, and not just players, but stars of the game that are coming out. And saying, this guy's a fucking moron. Justin Turner is a person who took exception to Manfred's Manfred's bullshit comments. And his quote is, for him to devalue it the way he did just tells me how out of touch he is with the players in this game. He said, at this point, the only thing devaluing that trophy is that it says commissioner on it. And I 100 million percent am in favor of Justin Turner's comment. Okay? The guy, Rob Manfred, just do yourself a favor, fix it, and then shut the fuck up. Because that's exactly what everybody in the MLB and everybody who's a fan of your game at this point wants to see happen. Just do your thing Fix the punishment and then just shut the fuck up because you are obviously not fit to be commissioner of the Major League Baseball. And that's where I stand. That's 100% where I stand on this guy. I just don't see this punishment being enough and his remarks to even be close to what needs to be said. And like I said, it's just diarrhea of the mouth at this point. And to hop on what we were discussing last week of the question of what has the bigger impact, the steroids or knowing what pitch is coming. This is where I side with what pitch is coming. Giancarlo Stanton said in two, uh, recently that if in 2017 when he was smashing all them homers, if he were to know what pitch was coming, he would have hit 80 homers. And I firmly believe that. 
In the steroid era, an opposing pitcher was able to at least get himself into account with a steroid player, like a Barry Bonds or an Alex Rodriguez or whoever was uh, whoever was known to do the steroids. Okay, a pitcher was still had a slight advantage of being able to work account and do his job and deceive, try to deceive a batter. Okay? But when a batter knows what pitch is coming, each pitch, it, it, it fucking tarnishes the game. And that, that's bad. That's really bad. And I don't know how how it just it could be less punishable than steroids. You know, you have a home run king out there right now in Barry Bonds at 700 and so on, however many homers he hit, 750, 763 or whatever the hell it is, okay, that you're not putting in the Hall of Fame and you won't give any credit to. But yet you're going to let the Houston Astros retain the World Series title? Get the fuck out of here. That's a bad stamp, and that's a bad stamp for Major League Baseball. It truly is. Well, now we're going to get off the topic here. I want to introduce you guys to uh, my, my new sponsor here at Stud Stubs. They are the best around. And um, I have nothing but great things to say about these guys. And it's not because they're paying me or giving me tickets to say anything. It's because it's the fucking truth. These guys are the best around. I go to these guys for everything. My Cubs, my Sox, my Bulls, my Bears, my Blackhawks, my concert tickets, play tickets, fucking Blue Man Group, the the whole nine. So, yeah, I mean, these guys are the best. So here's my little commercial for them. Hey, guys, Fat Mike Chicago here coming at you to talk to you guys about studs, stubs, my local ticket gurus and geniuses where I get all my tickets from. They take the hospitality industry and combine it with ticket sales with no fees ever. They provide true services with tickets, not some ticket scalper on the side of the street, not some dude on Craigslist trying to rip you off. They don't believe in the big win or the big score by overcharging you. They believe in the quality of the ticket experience is what keeps us coming back, and I know that it's true because I go to use these guys all the time. I've gotten my Bulls, Bears, Cubs, Sox, and Blacks, Hawks tickets from these guys, and they are the best. Again, guys, Studs Stubs is where it's at. So thank you to Stud Stubbs and Tony. I really do appreciate it. Again, you guys are the best. And I want to chime in on something. Later on in the show, we're going to have an interview with Tony um, about the the high and low ticket commodities here in Chicago and what's hot, what's not in Chicago. But I want to I want to chime in on this right now with with the Blackhawks here. Boy oh boy, was that this Canada trip and this game against the Rangers. These last ten that they've played has been abysmal. It's been absolutely terrible. This may be, this 10-game stretch here, may be the worst 10-game stretch I've seen in the last 10 years as a Blackhawks fan. And it's it's been bad. It seems to me that this team cannot put three periods of hockey together. And it's, it's driving me insane. And last night, it really showed letting the Rangers just fucking tack on on you. And you lose 6-3. to three. Now, granted, the Rangers are a pretty good team right now, sitting at 31-23. and 23. 
going into the night. But Jesus, this Hawks team, they're floating at 500 with eight overtime losses. And it's, they're bad, man. They're bad. And I don't know, I don't know if it's Jeremy Colleton's problem or the, the fact that the Hawks don't really have all that, all that much defense. But something's going on here, and there's going to be tough travel, tough schedule, a bunch of adversity, and things that pile up and just keep on tacking on you. And somehow, some way, you got to try to overcome that. And over the last 10 games, they haven't done that at all. And I think, in fact, um, put me on it now. I was a firm believer that this Hawks team was going to make the playoffs before this Canada trip. And now I'm completely against them making the playoffs. Please do not go to the playoffs and embarrass yourselves and embarrass Chicago hockey here. Take another year off, get a pick, start tank, start the tanking now to where you can get a high pick and just do something because this Hawks team, boy, oh boy, there's so much stuff that they need to be done. And then after the fact last night, after the Rangers whoop our Blackhawks ass six to three, the bread man, Panarin, sitting there. I thought I was going to be a hawk for life. Oh, my God. It made me sick to my stomach. It made me irk inside. I was like, no, for the love of God, why did you even have to have that interview? For the love of Jesus, why couldn't you keep on to this guy? Is it possible that you could have made it work with him by giving him a, a, a mid to high contract to keep him as a hawk? Oh, so many questions, so many things I would have loved to have seen. But this Hawks team, I'm telling you, it's done. It's over with. They are not coming back. They are so bad on the forecheck. They are so bad at defense. It, it, it's it, you got to do something here. You got to trade the goalies. You got to trade Crawford or, or Leonard. You got you got to do something here to get something back. Get some defensemen in. Keith is long in the tooth. Seabrook's been hurt all year. You got a bunch of guys that you miss. I miss Jarmelson, to be honest with you. And it's you don't have anybody that can create a play on the defensive side of the puck besides Duncan Keith, and he's getting old. It shows. It shows. You can't. They can't skate the puck out of the zone. The big pass isn't there anymore. I, they're just old, and they're they're too old in spots, and they're too young in spots for this team to be a playoff team. And it shows. And as a Hawks fan, I mean, I love the Hawks, man. Ho hockey is, ha God, I love hockey so much. It's the fastest game played, and I love it. But there's this Hawks team, if, the, if they're out of it, man, it's hard to follow hockey because it's all the teams that you hate that are still winning. It's all the teams that you hate that are, are doing well and making playoff runs and making playoff pushes. The Blues, Canucks, Rangers. You know, the Red Wings suck, thankfully, but it's still one of them things where it's like, oh, man, Hawks got to get this, got to get this thing righted and got to get the ship back up on, uh, up on its, up on its right side because it's killing Chicago here. You had one team here that was, that was doing it right for a long stretch there. And I don't blame Rocky. I don't blame Bowman. I don't, you know, they were in a pinch. They had to cut costs where costs need to be cut. But they gotta fix this real quick, or else they're gonna you're gonna start seeing a thing like the Bulls here, where people aren't just showing up to the games, or you know, say that they're fans and just not come, and th there'll be anarchy. 
as uh, as Blackhawks fans. It'll happen. It'll happen. But they got to do this quick, and they got to do something now. I just came across a pretty cool stat here about, you know, Blackhawks rookies and all that other good stuff. But Blackhawks rookies with 25 or more goals in a season. You got Larmer with 43 and 82 and 83. You got Sewer with 40 and 80 and 81. You got Eric Daze with 30 and 1995 and 1996. You got Panarin, the bread man, in 15 and 16. You get the Brinkett with 28 in 2017, 2018. You got Savard with 28 in 80, 81. You got Jeremy Roenick with 26 in 89, 90. And you got Kubalik, 25 in 2019 and 20. So he still has more to tack on there. So that, there's a little bit of hope to tack on with Taze and Kane and some of the other guys that you got on this team here, and you got you, you just got to put something together here. I I, I trust the Bowmans. I, I I may be one of the only people in Chicago that still trust the Bowmans, but I do, I do. You have to work with what you got. You got to stay within the restrictions of the payroll, and you got to do what you got to do with the cap. But just please, please get us back to the playoffs again. Please get us a playoff caliber team again because me speaking as, as a Chicago fan, I am so fucking sick of mediocrity here in Chicago. It's not even funny. And that goes all the way up and down the line. I mean, we haven't had a winner here since 2016 with the Cubs. And I believe me, I loved every bit of that Cubs World Series. But everything after that, everything before that, was nothing but mediocrity besides the Blackhawks. They're one of the teams that have stood out. They're one of the teams that you could possibly call a dynasty there in that little span that they had of five years, ten, six, ten years. Won three cups. And it's amazing. And I loved every second of it. I watched every game. and But I'm just so sick as a Chicago fan, living in mediocrity with the Bears, with the White Sox, I, as much as I hate the White Sox, it's a better town when they are in it. It's a, The rivalry between the Cubs and Sox is better. The shit-talking, the smat-talking, all of that is so much more, so much better when both teams are relevant. So please, Wirtz, Bowman, fix this. You guys are you guys have been the guys that you guys have been the team that all of Chicago has looked up to and be like, hey, at least we got the Hawks when the Bulls suck, when the Cubs suck, when the Sox suck. At least we got the Blackhawks. Fix this, please. Because Chicago loves you. I love you. And it's just a better sports town when we have at least one team trying to compete and do what they do what they're supposed to do. But now I want to bring you guys that interview that I had with Tony this week. It's uh, it's a great interview. He dives into pretty much every aspect of how ticket sales go here in Chicago. And I, again, I really do appreciate him taking the time out of his day for the for the interview that we had here. And again, I really do appreciate him and Stud Stubbs on sponsoring the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. So we're going to get to it here in a second. Let me let me bring it on up for you guys. Here you go. Again, this is my interview with Tony Stadnicka at Studs Stubbs. Guys, 
He's the best. Here it is. Hey, guys, this is my man where I get all my tickets from here in Chicago. His name is Tony Stadnicka. He's the owner of Stud Stubs here in Chicago, and he's the best around. Tony, tell everyone hello and what you guys are all about. Hey, guys, how are you? Um, you know, just a small-town kid from the suburbs that, uh, you know, just a, an avid sports fan and, uh, you know, just kind of started this business, uh, of course, just like many businesses in uh, my mom's basement. And then it evolved into, uh, you know, something big. And, um, you know, now we got a, an office next to Wrigley. we got a few staff members. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. So That's awesome. That's awesome. So what what separates you guys from some of the big name guys out there, like they're like uh, StubHub or anything like that? Uh, you know, I think it's different because of the experience, truthfully. Uh, you know, Prior to us uh, selling you individual seats and things like that, you know, we, we show you exact pictures um, from the locations. Uh, you can look through a photo album. Um, you know, there's no Zoom. There's no, uh, you know, uh, nothing throws you off. You know, you don't sit there and get in your seats and you're like, oh, my God, I just spent, you know, 500 hours a piece to sit here. That's that's ridiculous. You know, you get a, a good idea and a good feel for what you're paying for, what you're going to get. And, um, you know, I think right i mean a lot of other locations and businesses um you know if they sell on consignment for other season ticket holders and, you know they don't have necessarily a lot of say so in what they charge their their customers StubHub is obviously just a secondary platform for people to sell their own tickets from you know from the games and um you know uh we're just not big fans of that type of thing you know they take a heavy commission for the buyer and the seller and it inflates prices. It makes it almost impossible for anybody trying to, you know, to uh, to go to a game or a concert or anything like that. So right, online ticket scalpers, pretty much, right? So yeah, basically. So how how long have you guys been around over at Stud Stubs? Uh, I started in two thousand and seven. Two thousand seven. About two. Actually, it was like mid two thousand six, going into two thousand seven. And um, you know, like it was. Uh, you know, I was making decent money. I was a supervisor where I was at, and I was a young guy, and I was making you know fifteen, sixteen bucks an hour. And awesome that's awesome i know you're a big cub fan like myself and i'm sure that's still a pretty hot ticket commodity right now in chicago but if there is what is the hottest ticket in chicago right now 
You know, it's funny you ask that because I get questions. I, I get questions like that all the time. And uh, you know, unfortunately, right now in Chicago, it is you know, it's it's um, probably the lowest the, the uh, secondary ticket resale market has been in quite some time. Uh, the Cubs still do sell out, but you know, there's um, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that because you know, tickets are a little bit lower on the secondary market. They have a ton of season ticket holders. Um, you know, the Bulls are, it's, this is the worst season from a ticket standpoint for the Bulls. Um, I would say probably in the last 15 to 20 years, if not longer. Um, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. It's a nightmare for the Bulls right now. It is, you know, All-Star Weekend was great for the city, but it was, it was very bad for the Chicago Bulls. Lots of negative attention going on over to them. Um. And the Bears right now, I mean, you know, uh, they're still doing well, but they're on a on the verge of, you know, kind of like a revolt because of Trubisky. Um, you know, last year in the beginnings, you know, tickets were very, very, very hot, you know, and then at the end of the year, you know, we're, we're over here, you know, I was giving tickets away basically for under face value for 40, 50 bucks for, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs game and the Dallas game, you oh, know, which wow. is America's game and, you know, a lot of people travel to Dallas um, you know, tickets were for nothing. And, uh, you know, but if I had to answer, uh, not the hottest ticket, but the new and up and coming ticket for, for Chicago this year is definitely, um, going to be the White Sox, which is very weird, uh, considering that, you know, the last secondary ticket, uh, you know, uh, market for that, for that team was not hot since, uh, 2006, which was the year after they won the World Series. Um, you know, we saw a dramatic incline then, uh, just from looking at a bunch of data. Uh, and then, you know, uh, there's there's historical data between you know ticket brokers that you know that we we pinch off each other and kind of go through and talk about. And uh, you know, I definitely say the Sox is the most intriguing. I wouldn't say it's hot hot, but it's definitely intriguing. Well, that you kind of you kind of led me into my next question here with the Sox rebuilding and doing what they what they've done over the past few years. I was going to ask you if do you, are you prepping yourself and anticipating higher sales in Sox tickets right now? Yeah, I mean, I think is, right now is a really good time. It's just unfortunate, you know. They have a, a great stadium. I personally like uh, Guaranteed Rates or whatever people call it, Stroke Michelle or you know Comiskey. I still call it Comiskey Tone. I still call it Comiskey Tone. So don't worry about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and I do too. You know, and and. Uh, Honestly, it's it's um, now is the time if you're if you're someone looking to invest in something, to, you know, wouldn't be a bad idea to snag some socks tickets because you know the team itself doesn't even know um, you know what the market value of their tickets will be because you know they don't know what their fans are going to pay because it's been 14 years since anyone really gave a crap about socks baseball. To, you know, to be honest, I mean, I know that. You know, anybody, MLB Network, Comcast, you know, anybody on the radio, no one's talking about the Sox right. for the last 15 years. They're talking about it now, though. Right. So oh, well, I think, right. Yeah. It, I mean, that, you know, that's just important, you know, to, to understand the hype. Um, and people don't realize, you know, with selling tickets, it's it's worse um, than the stock market. I mean, there's so many different variables when you're talking about buying tickets uh, people don't realize that when they go look online they're like ah oh, you know they're they're expensive or they're cheap well that changes literally sometimes within minutes i've had it to where you know there's a i mean every
everything affects the, the price of a ticket. The, the weather, the day of the week, the team they're playing, um, what pitchers on the mound, you know, what, right. what, you know, what point guard is at, you know, at the point, um, you know, is are they winning as a team? What place they're in the standings? Right. You know, uh, is it windy? Is it not? Is the it's supposed to be cloudy? Is it not? You know, uh, it, it, there's a lot of different factors. Uh, you know, is there a convention in town? Is there, you know, what, what market are you in? I mean, there's just so many different factors. When was the last time that this team played the other team? You know, when right. was the last time this team was in first place compared to the team that they're playing in first I mean, it's just, it's insane. And, you know, so, it, 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 and it gets even more difficult now because I don't think a lot of people know this, but... Um, you know, professional teams, uh, you know, and not even just, you know, sports, concerts, theater, they're paying, um, you know, the secondary ticket market reseller, the, the leader of the world, which is StubHub, they're paying them a lot of money to collect data on what people will actually pay for their tickets. And then they're turning around and, and adjusting prices on their end. So that way, no one's going to a secondary resale market. They're going straight to the supplier and, and to the person who actually, you know, the, who owns it, you know. So, you know, every year, you know, the Cubs, Sox, everybody pays them up to, to, you know, collect data on what people are actually paying for tickets on certain days of the week and certain times. And um, they're sharing the data with the team, and then the team, you know, uh, goes in and decides if they're going to adjust prices for the season or moving forward or et cetera. You know, so um, same thing with the All Star game. All Star game last night. You know, uh, yeah, that, that had to that had to be a pretty hot ticket. That had to be a pretty hot go. I know. I tried to. We tried over here at Fat Mike Sports Show to score some press passes or score some tickets through the NBA, and we had just missed the deadline to get them by the third. I actually spoke with somebody at the NBA office, and I had just missed it by literally less than twelve hours. Or else I would have been guaranteed press passes for the game. Unfortunately, awesome. yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't. Unfortunately, we didn't get the press passes. But it, you know, it, it just goes to show that it, that's how hot of a ticket it was. How hot of a ticket was in Chicago here for the NBA All Star Game? Yeah, I mean, it was extremely hot. The, the cheapest seat that we got rid of yesterday was about four hundred fifty to five hundred bucks a piece. Um, that was for upper level, upper level center. Um, Center court, which is really good compared to the market value. The, the problem is, if you look at StubHub, you know, when people look at it, they're like, oh, well, there's six, seven, eight hundred dollars a piece on there, you know, and, you know, this guy's not that far off his prices. Well, no, I am, because when you think into your checkout, you know, and, and go check out and pay for these things, you know, next thing you know, there's an extra couple hundred dollars a ticket back down to the service case, you know, so. Right. Um, you know, so, yeah, yesterday was, was a good day. Even the Saturday contest, three-point contest was great. Um, you know, I mean, we had a, a few different options and suites. You know, the NBA paid for some things for, uh, for some suites to have all-inclusive and stuff like that, which was great. Um, yeah, it was a great show. I mean, I think the new uh, format for the All-Star game was absolutely outstanding. I think the fourth quarter kind of saw like a mixture between a, a street ball game and, uh, you know, like, I mean, it was getting rough out there. I mean, yeah. yeah. should have been called. And there I, was a travel that was called. Yeah. I think at the end there was, you know, I think the refs knew that it was getting a bit heated. So they had to call fouls, you know, to protect the player, you know. People have to understand, I mean, this game doesn't matter, you know, but 
you know, it's crazy because the refs had to probably take charge of things. Shit, man. These guys are going to get, you know, beat up out there and they're playing a little bit of a street walk. Play off. Right. So. Right. Again, again, guys, with us here, we got the owner, Tony, over at Stud Stubs here in Chicago. He's my local ticket guru, my local ticket genius. I get all my tickets from these guys. So, Tony, real quick, I know I know that's kind of a little off basis and not talking about tickets, but the Pakoda predictions came out uh, about a week ago. And we've seen the we've seen the Sox and we've seen the Cubs predictions here. Uh, somehow, some way, the first initial report, they're both playing 163 games. What 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 do you give the over under on the Cubs this year? Where do you see the Cubs? I think it's interesting when people think about the Cubs because I I I don't really think that people under you know you hear a lot of people call in the radio stations or you know or get interviewed or whatever and you see these people posting on social media they don't really know much about you know the truth or the scope of how things work and um, I mean. The Cubs, I want to say, I think it was 27 or 28 games last year that the bullpen would. If you win half of those, if you win half of those, or, or not say you win a third of those, you're in the playoffs. Right. And, and you, you know, you have 95 plus wins. And so I think, um, you know, they're right there. Uh, last year, I, I attributed the Cubs season. It's kind of like if anybody uh, that listens plays golf. Know it's kind of one day you know their their hitting was great, but then you know their defense was the best. And then the next day their defense is great, but their hitting is the best. And then the next day you know their pitching is really good, but their defense is the best. And then the next day their defense is good, but their pitching is the best. And it was very odd because every game it wasn't consistent. You know it was all over the place. Um, you know one day the bullpen blew, and the next day it was air. One day you know starters blew it. Hitting, you know, so it's just all over the place. They couldn't put two and two together pretty much the whole season. I, I truthfully think that the Cubs are going to look nine plus again this year. I think that they're going to contend, um, you know, honestly, with, you know, Cincinnati's going to have a great game this year. I think uh, St. Louis is going to have a great game. I think that, I think the Cubs are going to have plus this year, but I really think it's going to be a tight race. Sure. You're taking the Cubs for 90 plus, really? I see. I'm on. The, I'm on the latter half, and this is me being a baseball fan before I'm a, before I'm an any any team fan. I got the I got the Cubs struggling for 500. I, I marked them down as a 79 and 83 win ball club. Wow! Wow! Love we'll to we'll uh, make a little bit of a side bet on that one. Yeah, I, I, we'll have to do a lunch bet or a ticket bet or something like that on it. And so, where do you see the Sox finishing out? I think the Sox are going to win. I think they're going to win 88 games this year. See, you uh, and I are close on that. I got them. I got them booked for 90. Okay. I think they're going to win 88 games this year. I, I went through their schedule and just kind of, you know, played with it. I think they're two out of three here. They, you know, just that type of thing. And um, yeah, I mean, they should be. They should be right around 90 wins. I think. Right. And Minnesota's, you know, got a great team. Cleveland uh, is sure to be okay every year. Um, I think so too. A team that's dumb enough and young enough to do it. Yeah, they have they have some opportunity and some talent to do something that um, you know that's something more really special. And, you know, not necessarily go to the World Series, or not necessarily go to the playoffs even, but 
I think they're going to have a great year. You're going to see um, a lot of smiling White Sox fans. All right, Tone. So real quick, how do how do all my guys get a hold of you? How do they listen to you? How do they go and get tickets from you? Give us your info. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is uh, give us a call. Uh, texting is pretty brutal. I mean, especially when you get you know, 30, 40 texts a day. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, what is, you know, <laughs> I don't really have time to sit there and text people back and forth. Give us a call, uh, 815-671-1100 or Guys, so you guys heard it here. Tony says for you guys to give him a call at 815-671-1100 or email him at Tony at studstubs.com. Hell, you can even drop by the office at 950 West Addison to go and grab your tickets or even just to go in there and bullshit about sports. Tony, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And hopefully you guys can give us uh hope maybe you can hook us up some tickets later on in the year for to, to where I can pass out to these fucking heathens that I got on air here. It'd be a pleasure, Mike. I appreciate it. Alright, Tony. Thanks, man. Have a good one. So that was my interview with Tony over at Stud Stubbs. The guy's a great guy. Again, give him a call. Do what you gotta do. Get on over there and hit him up. Again, his number is 815-671-1100. You can email him at Tony at studstubs.com And like I said, he is the best around I, I, I literally do go to him for all my tickets here in Chicago, whether it be Cubs, Sox, Bulls, Blackhawks, Bears. He's my man. I go to him all the time. And hopefully later on in the year, if I uh, if we have like a little question or anything like that, he'll be able to hook us up with some tickets to where I can pass out to you heathens. Yes, I called you guys heathens. So, real quick, I'm going to hop on this topic really quickly. Like I said, I wanted to talk about the Chris Bryant stuff and how yesterday David Ross said he was going to be the leadoff guy. And it went from get rid of this man to now he's batting leadoff. And it's a whole mix of emotions here in Chicago. And it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, he's definitely going to get the chance to bat leadoff from what David Ross says. And his numbers are pretty good in the leadoff spot. He has a good OBP. Uh, he's hitting like 270-something in the leadoff role. So not too far off from what he normally is. And as a Cub fan, I, I like it and I hate it at the same time. I still think they need a leadoff hitter other than Chris Bryant. You have no idea how much I miss Dexter Fowler in that leadoff role. Or even just, just somebody that can just get things going. You need a fire starter in that part of the order to get on base. Get him on, get him over, get him in. You know, you've seen small ball work in its finest this year with that Houston Nationals or the Houston Nationals team. Holy shit. With the Washington Nationals team. Sorry, so much stuff going on with the Houston Astros. Um You've seen all that small ball stuff work for the for the Washington Nationals. I almost did it again with the Washington Nationals. And you've seen how they put it together with good pitching and good bullpen and just hitters that get on base regardless of what they have to do. Okay? 
And this is where I, this is where me as a baseball fan, the whole analytics of hitting 250 and 40 homers or 220 and 50 homers, is is still, it's like the new thing now. I still want a guy in my leadoff role that hits 280. Okay, I still want a guy in my leadoff role that has an on base percentage above 350. I want my leadoff hitter to have a have a two to a high 200 average, a high 300 on base, and a high 400 OBP plus. Okay, I I want that out of my leadoff hitter. Okay, I want 15 to 25 bags swiped out of my leadoff hitter, and that re I think that reverts to me being an old school baseball fan and having something like that in the leadoff role. Okay, and with you've seen teams do it, and you've seen teams get it done, and it's with that type of with that type of position player in the leadoff role. And I was like, man, I really want that again. I really do. Ever since the 2016 season, after the Cubs lost Dexter Fowler, that's been a big hole in that Cubs order. They have not had a leadoff hitter. You have a lot of bop. You have a lot of guys that who that love to hit 250 with 30 plus, but you don't have a guy that gets on base as much. You don't have a guy that swipes bags. You don't have a guy that's just a catalyst at the beginning of each first inning. And you need that to get to Bryant, to get to Rizzo. Be like, oh, my God, I, now there's a guy on first. Okay? And that's just one of those things where it's like you have Chris Bryant, you have Javi Baez, you have Anthony Rizzo, you have Willie Contreras. All right? Those guys need to be your three, four, five, and six hitters. You don't want to take your best hitter and put him in the leadoff spot. You just need a guy that's going to get on base. You need a Gene Segura. You need somebody along that type of line to bat leadoff for you. You need a guy to get on, get over, and on a base hit, get in. And that's my thoughts on that, guys. I mean, I, I love Chris Bryant, and uh, I wish I could expand a little more, but this show's running a little bit long today. And I want to end things out to where we have more stuff to talk about. We're already at over 45 minutes. And I love you guys, and thank you again for tuning in. And we will we will touch more base on this next week with the Chris Bryant thought. But that, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it right now. Okay? I think you need an actual leadoff hitter and not taking one of your power hitters out from the middle of the order and plugging him in at the leadoff. That's just my opinion. Who knows? I've only been watching baseball my entire life. And you don't see Barry Bonds or Albert Pujols or any of those guys betting number one, do you? But yeah, I'm going to leave you on that. Guys, thank you. Thank you again to Stud Stubbs and Tony Stadnicka for giving the interview. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace! We are the boys in the band. Sleeping in a van Shrugging off the rest Without so much as a contingency plan Can you make a little baby dance? So lend your hearts, ears Money in your hands to the band